Today, I'm joined by a fellow Loyola Cub who happens to be a Clippers fan. Yeah. We talk about his time as a Cub, the NBA offseason, and the latest from the world of soccer. The Boundless and Ballin' podcast starts now with Ian Brown. What's good, everyone? It's Jordan Feckley, now host of the Boundless and Ballin' Podcast. And today, we have a very special guest in the building. I already told you, I already introduced him. Uh, fellow Loyola Cub, class of 22, a uh, big-time Clippers fan, and an avid, avid soccer fan, Premier League, Champions League, you name it, Ian Brown. Sauce God, what's good, bro? Nah, I'm super happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me, Jordan. I appreciate absolutely, it. Absolutely. It's an honor. All right, first up, uh, what are some of your fondest memories at Loyola? Fondest met wow, there's there's been a lot uh, in the four years. Uh, I'd probably say, you know, our friend group that I was a part of, that you were obviously a part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's called the we had a group chat called the Ballers of Loyola. All those, yeah. all those guys, you know, like playing mm-hmm. basketball. You know, freshman year to senior year. You know, all the hangouts. Yeah, and all just the good times on the group chat, and you know all the extracurriculars I was involved in debate first generation uh, working with Homeland security, a lot of that sort of stuff. I'll just remember for a long time. So, yeah. Absolutely, bro. Hell yeah. And I didn't want to touch on that a little bit. Um, how did you first get involved with uh, uh, first gen student association and uh, rise up to where you are now? Yeah. So I joined the club as a freshman because my big brother uh Andrew Landros at the time who is at Santa Clara now mm-hmm. uh wanted me to join the organization he was part of leadership so I joined in freshman year and then uh as an upperclassman I was a president of the association which I think covers around 17 percent of the loyalist student population so yeah it was it was a decent amount of work but I was really happy that I could just help fellow first generation students uh college students you know uh yeah, with their adversity. So it was, it was a great experience. Absolutely. And uh, in what ways did Loyola help you grow? Wow. Um, I'd probably say the biggest way that it helped me grow is just a some sense of uh, probably discipline, just constantly having to, I did a lot of work and a lot of juggling things, whether it be from debate when I did club swimming for a while uh, while I did first gen, balancing my classes, making sure I had good grades and keeping up, you know, healthy relationships with my friends, my family, and just, you know, like balancing the commute, obviously driving every day, getting homework done and just, just time management. I think it's prepared me really well uh, for LMU. So, yeah. Awesome. And I want to touch on that as well. Uh, what are you most excited about at LMU? Correct me if I'm wrong. You're going in as a business major yeah business yeah so I'm going in as an undeclared business major the reason why I'm doing that is because I want to take my general business classes Mm -hmm. before I declare I kind of want to do uh finance I'm really interested in economics but that's more it's not in the business school I can minor in it Mm -hmm. um so yeah what I'm excited for uh there's a lot of things I'm really excited for but probably the most is just meet new people LMU is really a place I'm very excited to go to. It's in LA. Uh, it's beautiful there. It's just mm-hmm. such a nice campus. The people there hopefully will share the same values as me. 
and hopefully just create a, a lifelong friends from there and just really enjoy learning and learning as much as I can, as well as just being with new people. Oh, yeah. All right. Moving on to the NBA offseason. Uh, what moves have surprised you so far? Wow. Um, I'd probably say Rudy Gobert uh, mm-hmm. moving uh, that trade that happened. Obviously, you know, the KD drama. I know nothing's happened yet as of this recording, but I just feel like it's constant. Whenever the window uh, dies down and, and just free agency, I feel like KD and, and what's happening in Brooklyn always seems to just like pick back up. Um, but yeah, I just think that overall, I think the league's just in a great place just going forward. And I'm really excited. Uh, there seems to be a lot of like people up this year to be contenders, whether that be like the Clippers, the Warriors, uh, the Celtics, obviously the Lakers aren't, aren't doing great. They're, they're not doing great, Jordan. I hate to say it, but uh, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of good teams that are really uh, hungry and they're really trading up so that they can, you know, compete this year. They really want to chip. So it will be really exciting next year. We're not doing great yet. That's the key. Yeah. Yeah. You are Jordan. Keyword. Keyword. Um. One of the other things that occurred to this offseason, off season, of course, is that a ton of supermaxes were handed out. Uh, Dame, unbelievable amount, Bradley Beal. Uh, what do you make of those extensions and the guys that got paid? Yeah, uh, I think that Beal and Dame are very interesting because obviously if I'm Bradley Beal, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, I think that if you sign a supermax, like – it's kind of interesting. I don't know if I'm Beal, if I'd want to stay in Washington, just because of, you know, if I really wanted to win, I don't know how much that organization really wants to win and how, how they're really going to help Beal progress as cementing his legacy and stuff. I think Dame, it kind of makes a little bit more sense. I think that they're a little bit more hungry. Uh, obviously, all those like really good players have been like traded away that they've had but I think they're building back up again now. And I think Dame could win. And I think that, you know, he should, if it doesn't work out in the next two to three years, I think he should maybe ask for a trade or try to get out of there. But, you know, he's like fiercely loyal to that organization. So we'll see what happens. I think it's good. I'm, I'm glad they're getting paid. Uh, they're two really great players in terms of the league and just in, from an entertainment standpoint alone, they're insanely mm. talented. So, yeah. Hell yeah. And I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, Jokic. You got paid too. What do you think? Oh, well, you know me. I, I love all the European players, you know, Jokic, you know, Doncic, uh, the Greek freak. So, you know, all those sort of players there, they're my, you know, I'm really happy Jokic got paid. I think the Nuggets though, however, it's, it's kind of slightly different than the Wizards and the Trailblazers. Cause I think they're, they're in a lot better spot. I mean, they got Jamal Murray. They they're building a really nice team around Jokic. And I think that, you know, in the next, I think Jokic could definitely win a ring or two in the next five to 10 years, e- even at the Nuggets. So I think that's really a bit smart bit of business, lock him in. And he's just a great player. He, he can literally do everything. Um, yeah. So I'm really happy about that. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of touched on the, actually, no, I don't think we touched on this yet. Um, the trades aside from Gobert, I know uh, the, the, the Pacers and Celtics won. What'd you think of that? And like any other trades that uh, may have uh, shocked you? Yeah, uh, I'd probably say, I mean, it's really interesting. I think that, um, I think probably the Celtics won because I think obviously they acquired uh, some more depth at the point guard position. So I think that's obviously good. And I think that, you know, the Celtics, 
obviously just against the Warriors in the finals was a great series. And I think that, you know, I, it definitely makes the Celtics a lot stronger. And I think that, I think that the Celtics have very good chance of winning uh, probably this year. I think the Warriors and the Clippers, according to like Vegas bookies are our favorites right now to win uh, the championship, which I wouldn't bet the Clippers win just because of just, just their luck and every and all the curses and everything. But um, yeah, I think, I think it's a really good trade for the, the Celtics. Um, and yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of which, what did you think about uh, the Clippers moves? Of course, the huge one was getting uh, John Wall who hasn't played in a couple of years due to injury, but like, even as a Laker fan, I'm excited to see him ball out, man. Yeah. I mean, we didn't pay too much for him. We didn't pay crazy money, which is good. Uh, I think it's good that, you know, we have him. I mean, Patrick Beverly left. So at the point guard, we have him and Reggie. Think, I think that's good. Uh, hopefully, you know, he can recover. Obviously, after that injury, hasn't been the same. And hopefully he can just find his home here in L.A. I know he's expressed a lot of interest. Happy that he's here at a big market team. Um, and I really just I wish the best for him. And I think, you know, the players around him are going to really help him excel. So I think that. He, he's a great addition. It's really just a very high ceiling as uh, as pickup that the Clippers have because he could be he could become really really good again and really um, amazing for the Clippers and can really be an exceptional point guard. So yeah, absolutely, man. Um, and of course, we got to uh, be remiss if we didn't talk about the Lakers a little bit. I mean, I know free agency hasn't gone their way yet. Um, the Kyrie trade's still up in the air. Um, what do I want to phrase this? I mean, as presently constructed, how far do you think the Lakers can go and what needs to change in order for them to at least, uh, kind of be on the Clippers level in a way? Yeah. Um, I, I always was kind of a naysayer last year, uh, when it just came to the Lakers, they just seemed to have a lot of like really old players. Mm -hmm. Obviously they just the last five, 10 years, they've traded so many, great young talents away like Lonzo, Brandon Ingram. Now Kuzma's even flourishing. Um, so it's like from now, I just think that AD is extremely fragile. So we don't know how he's going to act in terms of how much, how many minutes, how many games he's going to be playing next year. LeBron just keeps on aging. He's not getting any younger. Uh, and I just don't think the pieces around them really have them uh, going to be an insane team. I do think though, LeBron's mentality is really just going to help them though, because, because of just like his ambition to win, you know, like I was listening to this like podcast, he was on this English podcast actually with like Marcus Rashford and a few other people. And his mentality now is just like win or bust, you know, oh, yeah. he doesn't win, a, doesn't win a chip, you know, he, he's just mad, you know, he's trying to close that MJ LeBron debate. So it's like he, his mentality is really going to help them in terms of free agency and stuff. I don't really know if you guys will be able to get Kyrie. Uh, it's probably more unlikely now than it is likely. Uh, I mean, I wish you guys the best. You know, it's it's cool when two LA teams are doing really well. So, yeah, I wish them the best. I don't think they're going to – they make the playoffs. I could see a first-round exit. Um, but, yeah, that may be generous. So, hopefully – hopefully, you know, I'm not a huge Lakers fan, but, you know, hopefully they get a little better because right now they're struggling a little bit. Yeah. Um, it, it's going to be tough, and I wrote a – Shameless plug, I wrote an article about KD and Kyrie with KD probably going to the Celtics, maybe Kyrie probably going to the Lakers. Um, we'll see what happens, but 
I mean, the, the league is really in a holding pattern when it comes to the all the Nets drama. I mean, what do you think of their situation right now? And do you think they get uh, Katie and Kyrie get traded or do they stay? Yeah. Um, wow. I mean, I, first off, like this whole like Nets thing and like, you know, how Kyrie couldn't play home games and then now they both wanted to leave and expressed interest. Just a crazy situation. I mean, if I'm if I'm like the head of the Nets and I'm the GM of the Nets, personally, I would try to get them out of there and get as much value as possible. I know that they were fielding offers for KD and I know they wanted I know like for the Nuggets, they were trying to get like Jokic, Jamal and more. You know, they're they're obviously obviously going crazy. They're moving a little bit mad. They were they're fielding offers from the Celtics, offering ridiculous stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would try to get them out. Uh, I think in terms of their odds of staying. I think they're kind of remotely higher than them leaving at least this season, because I've seen a lot of stuff on like Bleacher Report and stuff saying that they're just going to try to keep them. But honestly, for me, I would, I, if I'm the Nets and it sucks just because of how much they've like, you know, they've got. And when KD Kyrie, you know, got there, everyone was super excited. I would probably just trade them out um, like now and, and just kind of, you know, rebuild, pull up, pull up like an OKC type project. Cause I don't think in like five years, I, I don't think, you know, they're going to be as great. And if they don't win a chip, then this was kind of a fail. So it's kind of my opinion on the, the whole uh, Nets thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, when you think about some of the offers, at least that Boston had, I know Sham said a deal with Jalen Brown is viable that that could happen, but yeah, you have to wonder if Boston is willing to make a trade after coming two wins short of a title. I mean, yeah, I, I just don't think if I'm Boston, just because of how young Jalen Brown was and just how critical he was, it doesn't really make a lot of sense for him to trade away. He's just such a defensive talent and he can just can kind of do everything on the court. You know, he can slash, he can shoot threes. I think he's going to be really, he's, he's still ones to watch. I think in this league, I think he's going to get a lot better. Uh, and I don't think he's done yet developing. And I think this year's playoff run and the exposure he got as a result of that deep playoffs run, more teams going to, you know, have him on their radar and he's just going to continue and continue progressing. I think so. Yeah. I wouldn't do that. If, if I was Boston, I wouldn't do that. I think it'd be a huge win for the nets. If they got Jalen Brown. Uh, Cause he's just, he's a very valuable player and yeah. Absolutely. And last one for this segment. Um, we talked about Gobert earlier, but now Donovan Mitchell, could be on the block as well. Uh, we've heard, I think the Heat made an offer for him at the start of free agency. The Knicks, of course, have been connected to him for the longest time. Do you think Utah trades Mitchell away too and just starts anew? Or uh, can they really build a solid team around Mitchell without Gobert in the picture? I don't I don't really know because I, I thought that Utah, they obviously have a problem, right? Because with Donovan Mitchell... Uh, Rudy, who I obviously know they traded, Bogdanovich they had for a while. So all those players I thought were really good, and I did, and they had Mike Conley, who I think underperformed. Um, they had such a great team, I think, and and I think it was disappointing that they kept on losing playoff series that on paper they were a lot stronger. They were, they were just favorites, I felt. So I don't know if Donovan Mitchell's really the problem here. Uh, well, I kind of want to see if I'm the Utah GMs and I was you know in the front office, I'd probably let Donovan Mitchell have a season and, and really just have him, you know, uh, leading the reins here and just seeing what he can do and see really if it was just an issue with Rudy. 
Um, I, yeah, I would keep him this season. Uh, in terms of the likelihood of him leaving, I would like to see him at the Knicks. I, I don't like the Knicks being so uh, underwhelming in terms of just like playoff contention and them, you know, they have, a, they have a few good up and coming players right now too. And I think adding Donovan Mitchell would be uh, really good, obviously, like, you know, Julius Randle and um, yeah. And a few other players that they have there. So I, I would really like that deal if it did go through. Same here would be something to watch for sure. And uh, last segment here, of course, the Premier League and other uh, news in the world of soccer. Um, so what are some of the headlines that you've seen dominating the Premier League? Yeah, um, well, I, I'm a huge Manchester United fan, so we we are really struggling right now. We have we have uh, our our leadership. We have this uh, we have these group of people who own us called the Glazers. And our ownership right now is just absolutely terrible. Like, because we haven't really uh, been in Europe, we haven't been in the Champions League, we can't really convince good players to come here. All the good players that we do end up signing, they just significantly regress. So we lost week one against Brighton 2 on. So because of that, uh, we've been, you know, trying to panic by. We've been linked with like 20 people. Obviously, the biggest saga this summer that's still happening is also, Manchester United are involved in it's with Frankie de Jong, who's center mid, who's who's Dutch and plays for Barcelona. But Barcelona owe him 17 million euros in wages, and they're refusing to pay him right now. And now they're trying to take legal action against him. And now Chelsea are trying to enter the race. Obviously, Erling Holland went to City. That's a huge deal. But honestly, everybody else is performing the way they should right now, uh, except Man U. Uh, so obviously Liverpool tied week one, but you know, they're going to, they're going to do fine. They have a great team, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, who are some uh, teams to watch this season? Teams to watch. Uh, I think in the premier league, I think that Brighton, I know they beat us oh, game one. I think they're really good. I think they're really up and coming. Obviously they sold Basuma or sorry, they kept Basuma and they sold a few of their really marquee players and but I think they're going to be really good under Potter and I think he's a really good manager um I think that Chelsea are definitely a team that's going to fall uh I don't think they're really as good as they once were especially they let Timo Werner go they don't really have a great striker uh right now um in terms of other teams to watch I think Tottenham they've made like eight signings this window and they're really formidable I think people are just really under underestimating them because they can't seem to win anything but I think that will change. They have a world-class manager. So, yeah. Interesting. Um, as far as the Champions League goes, uh, which teams could uh, really surprise people this season? Um, I think that – I think Barcelona are kind – I know just they've become very formidable now and really interesting. They're, they're in, like, a lot of debt, but they've spent over 250 million years this summer alone on uh, transfers. I think they have a really good shot of surprising people. Uh, I know they keep on getting knocked out to really big teams by huge margins, but I think they could do really well. Uh, I really think, I think Man City have, and I hate to say it, I think Man City do have the potential to win uh, the whole competition now with Erling Holland having a key number nine player there. I think that's really good. Um, and then I'd probably say, I don't know. I think one of the smaller teams in, in maybe not a top five league, like one of the, like maybe Lisbon or, you know, RB Leipzig or one of, one of those sort of teams 
could definitely come in and maybe surprise people and be a dark horse, I feel. Wow. And uh, what are your thoughts on uh, some stuff going on around the MLS? I mean, last I heard, there's been some movement with the guys signing there for the money and um, among other things. Um, What's uh, what's the latest uh, on that side? Yeah, uh, it's really interesting because the MLS is, once it started, it wasn't really taken that seriously. And in the last 10 to 15 years, it's now been labeled more as like a retirement league. So great players like... David Beckham, Lyndon Donovan, Robbie Keane, uh, a lot of players from Europe, Frank Lampard, uh, Wayne Rooney, all coming here and really playing the last few years of their uh, careers here. But now a lot of really young guys are being signed here with the addition of, uh, he's not super young, but like Carlos Vela being implemented. And just this week, LA Galaxy signed um, Gavi, which is who's a 22 year old who's played for FC Barcelona and played in the Champions League, and he's very young. I know that has to do with their financial troubles, but I think it just shows how the league is getting a lot more serious. I know that at Atlanta FC, like I think last weekend alone, they had like 70,000 people at their stadium and watching a game, which is already huge. They have the, the biggest stadium, and I know 30s, 40,000 people are going to see other games. Uh, in the league. So I think the next five to 10 years, I think the league's going to get a lot better just because of how much money is and people do want to play in America. So I think that it's, it's definitely going to compete. And I think it's a good league, obviously not going to get anywhere near the European uh, competitiveness, but I think it's still a really good up and coming league and especially LAFC LAFC have really, you know, become really formidable. They've signed Gareth Bale, Chiellini, all these players who have proven themselves like Gareth Bale's won five Champions Leagues in the last like eight years or something and he comes in here and he and he's really just going to be a game changer and Chiellini won the Euros one's probably five or six Serie A's with Juventus so a lot of really good talent a lot of really good talent you can't really blame the MLS for not bringing in uh world-class players um so well I'm excited I'm excited mm-hmm. yeah I haven't followed soccer all that much but one team I used to follow was the LA Galaxy back when, uh, of course, David Beckham and all those guys. I remember they had Zlatan for a little bit. So, yeah, really, I, I definitely agree with the sentiment of the retirement home thing, but it's nice that they're adding some younger talent for sure. Hopefully they can, like you said, catch up a little bit to the more uh, European soccer leagues, but we'll have to wait and see. And uh, finally here, kind of touched on a little bit, but which teams have the best chances to make it to the uh, conference league? Uh, Champions League final, excuse me. Champions League final. Um, I don't know. I think I think I could definitely see it's it's very interesting in soccer because it's all about you know seeding and in the NBA it's it's a lot more predictable because it's the West and then the East and then there's one through eight and well now there's the play in but you know one through eight teams play you know so it's it's definitely you know like. Few, last few years, the, the finals haven't been probably the two best teams. The semis and the quarters have had the two best teams playing against each other. But I definitely could see Man City getting there. I think they have a really good chance. Um, and then I think I think Barca. I think Barca can definitely. They're just the amount of depth they have, what Xavi's brought to that team, and just how much they've spent. And they have Lewandowski coming in, Frank Cassie coming in. They have a lot of real good talent. So I definitely think Barca versus Man City – can be very probable. And I think both of those teams will make it very late. And obviously Real Madrid too, who won it last year, 
they're they have a very young core and they're they're only getting better. So I think Real, Man City, and Barca are the three. All right, should be exciting. Well, Ian, thanks again so much for doing this. It's a pleasure talking to you always. Pleasure having you on the podcast for the first time. Hopefully not the last. And uh, that's going to be it for this episode of the Boundless and Ballin podcast. See you guys on Monday. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Be well. Ian, do you want do you want to shout out anybody? Uh, shout out the Ballers of Loyola. So, you know, yeah. James Sullivan, Jason Chin, Ruben, Johnny, Zach, of course, Jordan, me. Hopefully I'm not forgetting anybody. I'm on the Malcolm, spot here. Is he? Uh, Malcolm, a shout out Malcolm. He is not part of the Ballers of Loyola, but you know, we love Malcolm. So uh, thank you, Jordan, for letting me be on and, you know, wish you success in the future at Emerson. So thank you, brother. You too. See you guys Monday. Bye.